When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's Monday, October 9th. I'm Jeff Schwartz. This is Jeff Schwartz. Smart. You are live on Twitter, YouTube, and on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We always love when you leave comments, you subscribe, you tell your friends. It's always awesome. Thank you for all of that. Appreciate that now. We've had this podcast for lots of years. We always appreciate the support. Today, we're brought to you by Price Picks. It's a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. Go to Price Picks and use code GSSY for a first deposit match up to $100. You pick two to six players. If they'll go more or less than the price picks projection, you go up to 25 times your money on any entry. We'll be making a selection for the Monday Night Football game between the Packers and the Raiders later at the end of this show. I've hit on a lot of them so far. I think three out of uh, out of five weeks. So we're making money. We're having fun doing this. Welcome in Gabe Goodwin, as we normally do on Mondays for the recap of the NFL weekend. We'll touch on college football as well, as we normally do. I cover both of those sports. Gabe, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, Jeff, you are picking. Your picks have been made me feel a lot more calm than my favorite team has of late. Like when I make your picks, I go, I'll put this in. I think I'm going to win. I think I'm going to make some money. And so far I have. When yeah. I root for USC, I sweat, <laughs> man. I sweat hard. Yeah. You're going to be sweating this weekend when they lose Notre Dame. Um, but uh, we are, we are, we'll cover that in, in, in the third topic. Don't worry. We'll get to college football, Oregon, Washington, big game this weekend. We are 15, 8, and 2 so far this year in our 25 wagers. We have made five a week for the National Football League. We've never started this well, Gabe. I will take it. Um, and really, uh, not even like a, a lot of drama for the, the picks this week. Uh, maybe a Giants late backdoor cover might have happened. The Niners blew out the Cowboys. Uh, we had the Bengals to handle business in Arizona. The Steelers one was obviously up and down, a very Steelers win. But Mike Tallman, again, covers as a, as a home underdog, obviously won the game outright. Um, 
but it feels like after five weeks now, we still have one game tonight. We, I feel pretty comfortable with where, who's good, who's not. Like, I kind of feel like we know the NFL now. I, I agree, Jeff. I'm glad you put it that way. I had this moment of clarity as the uh, Niners game ended last night where they showed kind of where things stand around the league. And I can't remember a time. Of course, I've probably said this every season of my life. I can't remember a time where the four best teams were so obviously the four best teams. Record, stats, everything, and just like eyeball test. It all lines up that we know who the four best teams are. And similarly, we know who absolutely sucks. And I don't want to breeze past this because I'm not saying it because you missed your pick, but this is the second week in a row where you gave old Bill Belichick the chance. You saw the points and you thought, I'll go with the Patriots. They suck. They're really, really bad. The Patriots are the second or third worst team in the NFL, right? I mean, Panthers are one, I think, even though the Giants might be worse. If the Panthers play the Giants, uh, I think we might end up with a tie. The Patriots are either 30 or 29 or 30, right, or 31. They're atrocious. Um, they they've been embarrassed too. They lost thirty eight to three, and thirty four nothing. Like they've got embarrassed, and um, it doesn't I think like both would have be been back. the record for worst loss ever. But they did it two weeks I, in a row. I don't think Belichick's back next season at this rate. Um, Whoa! For, for what purpose? Are they Kraft's going to bring him back with a new quarterback, like with Caleb Williams? I I don't know. Look here, Gabe. There's two separate things, right? We're there. Are we saying Week that five? We, we're there. Are we saying that? I know you love this as a Belichick yeah. hater. Um, are we saying that Belichick is a bad coach, a bad talent evaluator right now, or both? Right? Because I, to me, it's more about the talent, talent, right? Like his job as general manager is not going well. I think he can still coach X and O's. I know they're getting their asses kicked. I get that, but it's not like they're having situations where they're just not in the right place or doing the wrong, wrong thing. I think he can still coach Gabe. The problem is his job is also the talent evaluator and the personnel man, and he really is bad at that job. So if Kraft says to him, hey, man, you can't do that anymore. You just can't. We're going to hire someone, and you have no say over the roster. Maybe that works in New England. But if you go back to next season and say, we're going to run this back with the same setup we have now, you're going to lose again at a big rate. And I don't know if Belichick's going to leave, but I, I just you can't do this again next year. Now, the question is really interesting is that if he were to go, would he coach somewhere else? Your new favorite football team might need a new head coach next season. Mm-hmm. What if you put him in, in Los Angeles and have and say, of course, like you don't get personnel. I, I do, you know, Telesco's a GM there, right? Telesco does personnel, you coach. I mean, like, is Belichick going to accept that new role after the season? Because I don't think anyone's going to give him personnel control. You, you can't. Look at what he's done to the roster. I know there's some issues on defense. I get that, but no depth. No wide receiving options. Mac Jones stinks. It's not good in New England. No, it's terrible. He, everyone likes to call him the GOAT coach, but he reminds me of the GOAT NBA player who nobody questions Michael Jordan as a player. He might have even been a decent coach if he wanted to do that. Not a good front office guy. Some, some people can't do it all. You know, it makes to me, it makes people like Greg Popovich even more impressive. That Greg Popovich has not only been able to be the greatest coach in NBA history, maybe save Phil Jackson, he builds teams correctly, and he's a decent guy. Everyone seems to like him. He makes people happy. He makes people better. He's not just a grumpy old jerk like the dude up in New England. But we're here to talk about the good teams. So let's let's throw them in the dustbin. A couple weeks ago, we decided there were some teams we didn't have to talk about. They're not quite there, but (laughs) they're getting there, New England. Uh, The other one would be Denver. We'll come back to them because hilariously bad team in Denver right now. 
Well, let's talk about the good team, their rival, the Chiefs, the team that we spend a lot of time covering here. You've been joking on Twitter that like this team is chiefing, except they still don't even really have the offense. Travis has been hurt. He got hurt again on Sunday. Pat's played good, not his best. The defense has been pretty solid, and now they're just, they look like, if not one, one A in the AFC, right? Uh, yeah, and and the Chiefs, I don't think they've even played terribly well uh, on offense for a long part of the season. They're four and one, and um, you know at times their offense is pretty stagnant. I never thought I would say this, Gabe, but they missed Juju Smith-Schuster. Like they missed that player in the middle of the yeah. field. He had seventy-eight catches last season for them. He had one hundred and one targets. It's a yeah. big part of their offense. And we know that Travis Kelsey, and though he came back from injury, he scored a touchdown. Like, he looked fine. The, the connection, obviously, is still there with him and Mahomes. But there's just something missing in the offense, and it's that middle-of-the-field receiver. They have MVS. He can go deep. Watson can go deep. It seems like Watson and, and Mahomes are having more of a connection. He has those players. But it's sort of like from number to number, from the line of scrimmage to 10 yards. Like, who in that box right there on the field is going to be his wide receiver if it's not Travis Kelsey? doesn't have that guy yet. Rashid Rice is sort of being that guy a little bit. He caught that slant pass for touchdown, but it feels like at times there's a little bit missing from their offense. And they're four and one. Imagine when they get their offense figured out, Gabe. Their defense, by the way, has been fantastic. They've allowed 20 points or less on defense. Remember, the Lions scored an offense, uh, a defense touchdown in game one in five straight games. Like their defense is, is doing a job. I think their pass rush was meh against the Vikings, but in the end, um, they're, they're not allowing points. And if they can just get the offense is sort of function a little bit cleaner. They'd have the ability to wipe everyone out. I mean, honestly, right now, the Dolphins, I think are really good. The Dolphins have played really, you know, one team on the road that could match with them and got their asses kicked, right? So, you know, again, Buffalo went to New England, uh, no, to New England, went to London and lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chiefs already beat the Jaguars, right? Joe Burrow looked better. Uh, he, he looked like he he miraculously had no calf injury, but they're two and three. I mean, they have a long climb out of this. They play after the bye, I believe, the Bengals play the Niners and Bills. They play the Seahawks this weekend, and there's no doubt, there's no guarantee to beat the Seahawks. Bye week, and then I, I think it's some combination of, like, Niners, Bills, easy team at Ravens. Like, <laughs> so uh, the Chiefs look like, the, you know, as our, as our guy Nick Wright says, the Arrowhead Invitational – might be in year six, right? Like the, the, them hosting um, the the, uh, the AFC Championship again. And again, they're not playing the best of football. Again, I go back to this idea of like the best teams sort of find ways to win, right, Gabe? They find ways uh -huh. to, to, to do enough, to put themselves in the right situations, to be there at the end, to make the right plays. And um, the Chiefs continue to do that. It's, uh, it's impressive to watch them keep winning ugly. And they play the Broncos on Thursday, and that game is going to be a – a dumpster fire. Maybe five and one, man. I think you feel pretty good if you're a Chiefs fan. Well, now's a nice time to bring up some Don uh, Broncos stats. Um, according to Ben Stevens on uh, X, previously known as Twitter, a reminder what the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton three first round picks, three second round picks, a fifth round pick, five year, $245 million, $165 yep. million guaranteed for Russell. And five years, a hundred million for Peyton. Okay, what what the hell happened in Denver? And what's with Sean Peyton? Is it a little harder to dust it off and go back into the modern NFL after spending a couple of years and you know on the desk? Like, wh why is he so lost out there? So, um, 
couple things I, I think here. Um, Russell Wilson, it, it's hard when your quarterback sort of just isn't good, right? Like Russell Wilson's not good. And it's hard to win when your quarterback doesn't lift up the team around him, right? Like he doesn't like feel to me like he lifts the organization on his back and goes to win games. Yeah, I, I think this is a real. I think afterwards, I'm trying to find the the exact uh, the exact quote here. I think I think look, I think this is right. I'm not. It seems to be shared around. Russell Wilson quote after the game, we really could and should be four and one. <laughs> like, like is that like what is that like a real does a real leader say things like that? Right? Does someone who is who is of sound mind as a quarterback and leader say things like that? No, no. don't say things like that, right? They, they're in a, he's in a fantasy land. And so um, I just, I think it's tough with Russell Wilson, the team, when your team doesn't have faith in the quarterback, I've been on those teams before. It's hard to win your, your entire team because you feel like you have to be perfect everywhere else. And then you overcompensate here, you overcompensate there, and then boom, you lose a game. I Russell Wilson's just not good. Um, and, I'm curious of which of the four games they, they they thought they should have, or which of the losses. Like, so Dolphins obviously no. Wait, the, this was the game they thought they should have won. The game where they lost, they were up twenty-one-three and blew a game, like blew that game. Like, I, I just they're not the football team, and the Chiefs no. have kicked their ass. And there's gonna be a lot of hard discussions had about what to do, but I think it just stems back to me to, to Russell Wilson. Um, you know, you really need your quarterback to kind of put you on your your back in these situations, right? And say, hey, guys, we're not going to lose this game. We're going to go well, out and, my, and, and make it happen. My job here is to be the guy who scours the internet and share, share the takes, whether they're smart or not. Um, one of the things that was very popular last week uh, was this video, Shannon Sharp and Marshawn Lynch. And Marshawn is beloved, right? Like, he's a glue guy. Yeah. Everyone, everyone who's ever been around him says they love the guy. And he now feels totally safe airing out old stories of his time with Russ because he knows that the whole player community, the media, everybody is on board with, yeah, Russ isn't a great dude. Like he's just not a great teammate. If when it gets well, to that yeah. point where it leaves the locker room and other star players are like, yeah, F that guy. I think that means there's no hope. There's no turning back. Yeah. So um, I want to make it clear. I, I don't know Russell Wilson as a person, right? I mean, like he could be the, I'm sure he's a very nice a, guy, a, a nice guy, but very clearly, as a teammate, he's not what has been portrayed over the years, right? So take Aaron Rodgers, for example. We might disagree with Aaron Rodgers, but every teammate he's played with outside of like one loves the guy. I've talked to former Packer players. They love Aaron Rodgers. They love yeah. hanging out with them. They love him in the locker room. They, they they defend him to the end of the earth. Is there one player, former player, one Russell Wilson former player who's come out and said, yeah, everyone else is wrong. That's my guy. No yeah. one has come out. No one. And look, I, the Marshawn Lynch thing, the blocked phone number, whatever. But I thought it was interesting how he said, like, like my house was a place where people came and hung out, and he never came with us. Like, he right. never came and hung out. Like, and then, like, you know, your quarterback sort of – you don't have to do that all the time, obviously. But it's nice when the leader of your team kind of just shows up to hang out with everyone. Like, I, I always – like, I might have been Eli. Like, Eli would just, like, come hang out, like, go to dinner with us. Like, just – and he didn't – and think about when I was there with the Giants – all of us were new. It was like a brand new offensive line. All his guys had left, still hung out with us, still, still, you know, still got to know us, like still came out to dinner with us. And it seems very clear that Wilson has not wanted that relationship, has not um, tried to, 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 to foster those relationships. 
in the building. And you're right. People are coming out and, and, and knives are out to tell their side of the story. I mean, Marshawn Lynch, it appears, loves everyone. Like, yeah. I don't know. And and, and to have him to come out and be like, yeah, um, you know, I didn't really, you know, I, he cussed, but you know, I, I didn't really mess with him. Like, it's just a bad look for Russell Wilson. Um, and I don't know. The Broncos are going to have to get rid of him after the season. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but it's just – it's obviously not where they want to be. Yeah, well – Live by the quarterback, and it seems die, at least your cap space, dies by the quarterback in this era. I want to talk about the Cowboys. That's my segue. Um, yeah. I think most fans can figure out what that what that segue is all about. So our buddy Kurt Benkert, before the game, before the game, tweeted, think about it. The Cowboys have beaten the 1-4 Giants, the 2-3 and three Jets, the 1-4 and four Patriots, and lost to the 1-4 and four Cardinals. If they, if they get blown out tonight, who are they? Well, they got blown out. So who the hell are they? What is with the Cowboys, Jeff? So first off, let's praise the team that won. The Niners. They they look lost. They look like a Super Bowl caliber team ready to win. And we've done this on this show. Other people have said, oh, Brock Purdy hasn't played a full season of games yet. Blah, blah, blah. Enough. Brock Purdy is good. He's good. Now, if you make the caveat, he plays well in the offense. Great. He does play well in this offense. Mm-hmm. Every quarterback that wins is part of a, a system that works for him, right? Or he fits in the system, either or. But they play on the system. Yes, he's a great left tackle. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Brandon Ayuk. Guess what? He throws fucking missiles to those guys. You see that throw <laughs> where 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 uh, the number two inside kind of cleared out when, and then I think it was Ayuk came in behind. And he threw that ball like, before he was even in the picture, over a Cowboys defender, guy caught the ball. I mean, like, come on. He's Rock Purdy's good. We need to stop the caveats of like, oh, this and that. He has not lost a regular season game yet, Gabe. He's a good football player. He's a good quarterback. They've scored over 30 points in eight straight regular season games. The guy is good. The Niners looked more physical. They played faster. This was a game for the Cowboys that was a measuring stick game. It was a game where they, as a contender in the NFC, have to go through Philly and the Niners. And when they play those teams, it's like, okay, can we compete with those teams? The answer is no, not even close, not even close. And you pay this quarterback all this money and who looked better? Rock Purdy did, right? Yeah. Who looked, who looked more complete of a team? The 49ers did. And I said, this is why we picked the 49ers to cover this game was the things that the, the Cowboys do well, the Niners can mitigate. You rush the passer well? Well, guess what? We're not going to be in third and long. You can't rush the passer well, right? Oh, you want to pass the ball? We're going to hit your quarterback. Like, it it, it, it was a just a, a complete ass-kicking. And right now it's Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins. I think Buffalo's in there, too, in the AFC side. Just I think they are. Um, I'm not counting out the Bengals. The Chargers, we'll see how they play after a bye with, with Herbert's banged-up finger. Um you know, the Ravens had a tough loss, but the NFC feels like it's very much just those two teams and someone maybe was upset along the way at some point, but it's the Lions to me aren't going into SF or going to Philly and being those teams in a playoff game. I think the Lions are good. We were wrong about the Lions, I feel like, but they're not beating, they're not beating those teams. Um, I actually think one team that maybe we were wrong. I think we had the Rams over anyways, but the Rams, I think, can can be competitive against those teams. Are they beating them? No. The Seahawks are not beating those teams in you know in in the playoffs. So it's uh, the Niners just look good, man. Like they're my Super Bowl favorite right now. 
I mean, they would have to be. The I saw well, a good Chiefs, stat. You make the, you make the Chiefs they, case, but yeah. Point differential on division leaders. Niners are, you know, I think plus 99, like way ahead of anyone. And they beat some, yeah. some decent teams. And then the, the Steelers are minus 31. You know, like at this point in the season, records are a little fluky with those three and two type teams. But a five and O team that's blowing everybody out, including the supposed other contenders in their conference, like it's time to just say they're clearly better. You mentioned the Dolphins, so I'm going to switch back to them because we probably should have hit them as we touched on the Chiefs. So, you know, they're still running a track meet, and now they add Chase Claypool because he's fast. In Mike McDaniel's words, he's just really fast. Is there any? I don't know. Let me. How do I ask this? Is there some theory in in football like? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, why would you put a guy in who's seemingly not fit in well now in two locker rooms? Why would you add Claypool? I don't know. I, maybe he's a good guy. But two times he hasn't worked. Why would you bring him in if everything's working? Um, uh, Good question. I, I don't know. Um, They can obviously just move off him if they want to, if it's not working out. Um, but I, I, think you can, I think you can never have enough good players, right? Like that's part of it as well. Um, and he's a guy that is um, talented football player and adding to your team. I think they see some value in, in that ability to add him to, you know, to add him to the team. So that, that's my only theory about that. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd worried me a little bit where you start to, these teams that get good start to think we can make anyone work because our culture is so good. And, you know, the Patriots have suffered from this, this uh, egotism in the past. It's also yeah. worked for them in the past. Like, I don't know. I think it's a little too early to just assume your locker room's good enough to fix anyone. And I, I would just not mess with it, especially when you got two great receivers yeah. and a whole room full of running backs who can carry the ball. I think, you know, again, like we're seeing across the league, you know, how important depth is. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this is just a piece of, of depth. Like, let's just get him in there and see, see what we can do if, if we need him at some point. All right, well, speaking of depth and and greedy coaches who always want more playmakers, let's talk college football. Georgia certainly has plenty of options. They're number one still. They beat Kentucky. How about that, by the way? That Georgia, I thought they'd kill kill Kentucky. My other podcasts, Bear Bets, we talked about this. Like, they're one of those teams that I feel like sort of sleepwalks through the non-important games, and they get sort of a game where Kentucky is 5-0, and everyone's like, "Oh, is this the, is Russia, is uh is Georgia?" Blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like they just kicked the shit out of Kentucky. Now Kentucky's a very one-dimensional offense, but God, Georgia just dominated that game. Yeah, and it's starting to feel to me like uh, we're getting a little separation in the pack here. So Michigan is a similar team in that they yeah. just kind of seem like they take care of business. One team that did not, Texas, Hanks Longhorns, uh, oh, they go down boy. to Oklahoma. Um, USC, my team. I was there with the whole family till very, very, very late at night. Jeff, uh, well, you want, not a fun, you, you not a fun ride. To, well, you you want the kids too? Took the kids to, the, to, to a night, to a night game kickoff. Oh yeah! Wow! Oh boy! I would never. They were lie. more alert than USC's defense, at least in the first half. <laughs> it was a, it was a scary, scary Saturday night. But USC yeah. escaped, so they they'll stay where they are. Did you stay for the all the overtimes? No. The, in fact, we left. When we took the lead, because I said to the family, I was like, guys, I'm going to teach you something about, I think that's when we left. I said, I'm going to teach you a lesson. You leave now because, you know, we should win this game. So if we don't, 
it's going to be a horrible scene here. We don't want to be here for the alternative. So let's get in the car and get home. And they obviously had to go to sleep. (laughs) We watched the game. I was in my kids, like putting my kids to bed, lying in bed, watching on the phone in the third overtime. I have two, I mean, I have two stories about this type of thing. Now, obviously I'm a dad now, so I sort of get it, but uh, UCLA, USC, 1998. Um, oh the Bruins were down 17 points during the fourth quarter, and they're hosting USC. And I told my dad, like, hey, um, my dad wanted to leave. He's kind of same as you. Like, this is ugly. Like, I don't want to be here if this is ugly. And I was like, dad, let's stay. Let's stay. Come on. Like, why are we leaving? And the Bruins came back and won in double overtime. Like, that was, like, the best. The, it was awesome. It's awesome. Thanks for the the, the, the chrono there. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And then um, – Remember when UCLA came back against AM with Josh Rosen like many yeah, years ago? I, I mean, I remember that it happened. Yeah. I don't remember the details. My dad actually left that game and walked in the house when UCLA took the lead. He missed the entire thing. So leaving early, you, you, you always have, you know, you always don't know what's going to happen. You missed a heck of a, a game. But the more important thing is that USC is just not going to be a playoff team. That's just that there, it is what it is. They, they should have lost a lot. They should have lost against Arizona. Uh, they have Notre Dame this weekend. They have Utah. They have Washington, Oregon coming up. Um, the The takeaway for me with USC is um, offensively, man, like they're scoring points game, but there's some concerns for me, right? Like the offense looks yeah. much harder than it has to be. They're, I'm telling you right now, today's October 9th. I said at the top of the show, I should remember. There is going to be discussions and a healthy debate about Drake May and Caleb Williams and who goes number one. Um, because the USC offense does not give Caleb Williams, and maybe this is his fault as well, I do not know. I'm not a quarterback coach. There's nothing easy. Like, Caleb doesn't do a lot of take a snap, put my foot in the ground, throw the ball. Take a snap, put my foot in the ground, throw the ball. It's a lot of, like, no one's open, I'm running around making a crazy play, and he is fantastic at those plays. It's not a knock at all Caleb Williams. You watch Drake May, there's a lot of put my foot in the ground, throw the ball 15 yards for a first down. He's been a little up and down this year. I'm just telling you guys, the debate's going to be there, so just be ready for it. Um, but yeah, USC is not a contender in my opinion. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, Washington, um, I think Florida State, maybe Miami, which was a horrific loss. I think they're still a good football team. Um, a lot, of, a lot of what opened this year. Yeah, the uh, our guys at Reddit CFB on uh, Twitter posted what, what it would look like if the undefeateds in all of college football played in a 16-team bracket right now. A <laughs> lot of fun to think about. We'd have Georgia yeah. versus Harvard. Yep. Uh, we, USC would draw Oklahoma, uh, the 8-9 game. Not, not fun. That's the best one. That's the best matchup. That's actually a good that's actually a good game. The rest of these are yeah. not only great. No, not not a lot of great games. The UNC Oregon game would be a good game. A couple of good quarterbacks we, there. We the UNC the looked good, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, you're well, right well, that what, the Pac-12 schedule for the next few weeks is yeah. going to change a lot of what we think of these teams because a yeah. few teams are going down. We know that. Um, and then probably the same in the Big Ten. So I think we can probably it's, hold on college. Now that Dion's calmed things down a little bit. I think we we come back to college football right around the time the, the the playoff rankings come out, which is Halloween. I think until then we don't really know what we're looking at. Well, Oregon Washington's this weekend. We'll, we'll know which team of those is a playoff contender. I think after Saturday, um, right. you know, if, if USC beats Notre Dame, do you feel better about them? Right. I mean, certainly, if they go to South Bend and play some defense for once, that'd be nice. 
I mean, Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's a beatable team. You know, maybe they forget to put an 11th guy on the field for a little while. Caleb could, you know, he, he could beat 10 guys. I, That's no problem. I sort of feel like Alabama's still kind of hanging around there. Like Alabama's yeah. still like one of those teams you were like, yeah, yeah, like they're not, they're not dead yet. I thought AM would beat them and, and it didn't happen. No. Yeah. I, you know, it's a good reminder, Jeff. We're talking a lot about the undefeated teams. Um, it's not that hard to stay undefeated to this point in the season. The, the team that got their silly loss out of the way early that then goes on a run late and Texas could be in that category. Let's be honest. When we come back to them in a month and a half and they've won a conference championship and they still only have one loss, those yeah. teams are the teams to be scared of. Yeah, the I think the hard part for Texas um, is they cannot afford a, one more loss and they're out of the yeah, conference championship game most likely. Um, yeah. So that's what you know, that's as, as these games, these conference games start happening, and a lot of these these uh, conferences don't have divisions anymore. You're going to really see um, you know a, a big kind of shift in who can win and who can't based off just head to heads. Jeff, for the uh, people watching along live, um, yes. Stay with us. For the people listening, we're taking a quick break. We'll come right back. And we got some picks for tonight's game, Monday night. You've been you've been pretty good at making these picks. Yeah, uh, it's been so, fun. Yeah, we got uh, Packers Raiders coming up on the other end of this break. Guys, I want to tell you about my favorite new daily fantasy game I have been playing this season. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money in any entry. So go to Prize Picks and use code GSSY for a first deposit match up to $100. It's so easy to use. I can make my picks in less than 60 seconds. The depositing was simple and straightforward. They even just added Apple Pay, so I was able to get up in minutes and start playing. At Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. So follow along my weekly entry and see if you can do better. Remember, go to Prize Picks and use code GSSY for a first deposit match up to $100. Are you smarter than your friends? Prove it with Vaulted by predicting, challenging, and beating them with your sports knowledge. Vaulted, spelled V L T E D, is a place where you can store your sports predictions. Participate in cash prize pools without any entry fees and prove you are smarter than your friends by using the vaulted challenge feature. I will have my own pool on vaulted each week. We can answer questions to win cash prizes and there are no entry fees required to participate. This football season vaulted will be handing out money. The only way to qualify for my big game pool is to beat me in one of the regular season pools, which won't happen because as you know, I am smarter than you. I will be using vaulted to make and store my five favorite predictions of the week. So join Vaulted and you can like, dislike, comment, interact with my predictions, or if you're bold enough, you can make your own and see how smart you are in football, which won't be as smart as me. Go download Vaulted, spelled V-L-T-E-D, and remember to use the code Jeff, that's G-E-O-F-F, so you can see my predictions and play along. All right, Jeff, we're back. Yes. It's time to make people some money, make them a little smarter on Monday Night Football. Packers, Raiders, what's the play tonight? Yeah, so uh, a game that I'm not terribly interested in. This is why I'm I'm glad we're partnered with Prize Picks because it gives you a, a way to to root for things in a game when you don't have a side, a total, or don't really have a rooting interest in who wins or loses. So we're going to build a three score entry 
Um, for Monday Night Football, promo code is GSSY, match up to $100. Come play along. It's a lot of fun uh, to do. Here we go. You ready? Um, I'm going Jordan Love more than 235.5 passing yards. He's been over this three out of four games so far this season, Gabe. He, you know, the, the Packers did not play terribly well against the Lions. I think they bounced back. They've had a lot of time, right? That was a Thursday game all the way to, to Monday night now. I feel like they're going to sort of get things right against the Raiders defense that's not terribly good. That, again, doesn't really have playmakers where you think to yourself, man, this guy is going to make a difference in the secondary to slow down a passing attack for the Packers. So I'm going to correlate that with Christian Watson over 43.5 receiving yards. Because if I think Love's going to go over, Watson presumably goes over as well, right? So put those two together. And the other one I have is Max Crosby over a quarter of a sack. So a half sack qualifies, okay. a full sack qualifies. I feel like there's a a, a really uh, – the sack market is – is poor and, and there's a way to take advantage of it in a lot of these games you have a packers offensive line that is a little beat up and you have a pass rusher in max crosby who is fantastic i need half a sack half a sack yeah. if two Should guys need the backfield if if if, if jordan love falls down he touches them chases them out of bounds like there's so many ways for this to happen max crosby has four sacks so far this season so i need a half a sack so i'm going Jordan Love more than 235.5 passing yards. Max Crosby more than a quarter of a sack. And Christian Watson more than 43.5 receiving yards. That's it. All right. There we go. It's a way to watch the game tonight. That's a nice play. I I, uh, I think I like it. I have questions, though. I yes. notice you're not going anywhere near the Raiders passing game. Uh, it was yeah, weird. Well, a week well, or two ago when Devonta Adams basically was like, I ain't waiting around for this thing to get figured out. And then I feel like we just all moved past that. I don't know why we did, but maybe Deion Sanders just dominated so much of the news that we just didn't drill into that. It looks like he and Jimmy G are going. Uh, like, what's when do we have to take them seriously? If they win tonight, do we have to kind of look at the Raiders a little bit? No. We'll, no, we'll, right? We'll look at them like, for what purpose? Just to like look at them? Like physically? Like, I, I like their Jeff, uniforms. Jeff, like, just to look, Jeff, watch you have play. to acknowledge that you are very, very hard on them. They were very hard on them. And even if they were they, good, I don't think you'd they say. Suck. Because they suck. They, <laughs> they're not good. They're they're not they're they're not they were good. Well, they went to the playoffs uh what three years ago now? Right? The two was that two years ago now with they with snuck Carr. in they, with the interim coach yeah, and then yeah. the interim coach. Um but here, here's here's the Raiders. They won six games last season, ten the year before. So that was the uh, year they went with uh, with a Gruden Basaccia. Yeah. Eight wins, seven wins. Four wins, six wins. Oh, a twelve-win season in twenty sixteen. That's car. Your car uh, broke yeah. his ankle, right? They lost seven, three, four, four, eight, eight, five, five, four, two, four, five, four. Like, are we supposed to? What, how am I supposed to respect that game? No, you don't have to. I'm okay, just, yeah, sorry, just sorry, making sorry, sure we're just... clear. So you like the you like the Packers offense tonight, even though you also like Max Crosby uh, dragging love down at at least being part of a team that brings him down it seems I just like need a half nice a, i need play. half a sack like that feels like I, the the sack market so on our on our preview show this year uh we hit i think three sack numbers because i feel like last year we hit we hit him as well just bosa but i feel like the sack numbers every year don't correlate with like what actually happens on the field so like we have watt over 13 and a half sacks i think he's already at six or seven michael parsons over 12 and a half sacks 
Um, the sack market is a, is a place I feel like it's the, the preseason odds do not match up with um, what we see happening on the field. Well, I'll tell you what. I think it's just a perception. One has eight sacks already. One already has eight sacks. So I think that we're all still living through this moment where we're getting used to the idea of one extra game a year and our sort of the water level for what we think of a good statistical season is, is a, is just a little bit higher. It's about six or 8% higher than, you know, it, and we haven't adjusted everything yet. So you think of a guy as having, wow, he had, like you mentioned Juju earlier, what 78 catches, like that is pretty good for a second or third receiver. Yeah. But it's actually, that's really like the old world, like 60 something receptions. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. as great as it sounds because you get the extra game. That's that's fair. Um, but the sack thing, again, I mean, Watt has has eight, and we have over 13 and a half sacks. So I think we're going to hit that one. We I'm looking at the wagers, man. We made some good ones and some bad ones. Whew. Oh, man. We were Only on good ones today, Jeff. Only good ones oh, today. We hit them today. All right, Gabe. I think that's it. Uh, we've gone through everything. You have our, our prize picks information for tonight. Hope you guys enjoy the game. We'll be back on Friday with another wagering preview for the uh, NFL Sunday ahead. Um, the Chiefs are favored by 10 and a half, I believe, for Thursday night, Gabe. Um, I would, uh, I, I think they'll take the Chiefs there. All right. I'll take them to cover that spread. I think they you made it pretty clear spreads. earlier. You like the Chiefs. Yeah, the Broncos stink, but that's mostly why. All right, everyone, have a good uh, weekend, or excuse me, good week. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Take care, everybody.